0: Welcome to the Game and Gadget Podcast. James Woodcock from Pixel Refresh, and today I have with me, of course, co-host, guest extraordinaire, Tony Warner, back
1: from his travels. How are you, Tony? Uh, not bad, thank you, James. Safe and sound in one piece.
0: Yes. So, tell me, you've been you've been on your travels. You've been writing your book. Yep. Tell me all about that.
1: Uh, well, uh, I can't remember if we talked about it before, actually, but uh, I'm basically uh, writing up my my. My time as from when from when I uh, left school and got into the games industry, and we did a few things, and uh, and, uh, started Revolution in 1990, which is actually quite a long time now, uh, a long time ago. So people keep asking me about it, and uh, uh, people are, are. are always asking me. Well, not always, but you know, from time to time, people ask me about, you know, how did you make those games and what, what was it like and what was it what was it like working with those old eight bit computers and sixteen bit computers and it's actually it's actually quite a long time ago now and pe- and I'm starting to forget stuff. It's certainly how we did, you know, like early revolution games and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's so long ago. And, and then I started talking to other people that that, you know, that were there at the time. You know, not just. You know, obviously Charles and Dave Sykes and you know, the founders and other people that used to work there that I, that I still talk to and and it's quite interesting that what I remember is not necessarily the same as what other people remember because um, it's so, so long ago and you know, you know how things stick in your mind and you you remember something from like school say you know and, and you talk to your friends about it and they can't remember anything about that. you know it's just one of those things thats stuck in your mind. So I've kind of been thinking, I really ought to write this down while we're all still alive, you know, <laughs> to be to be cheerful about it. So that's what I've been doing the last the last few months, uh, in, in between more more uh, more more well paid work, shall we say. Uh, I thought I'd write it all down and, and see where it got me, you know. And uh, I, I wasn't sure I could do it because I've never written a book before, as such, but. I just started, and it kind of seemed to work. I mean, it's quite difficult because um, you are constantly having to. It's not like I've written some sort of fictiony type things to see if I can do that. I never reckon I probably can, but I thought oh, this one might be easier. But it, but it's kind of more difficult because it's not only is it supposed to be truthful, but you know, you need to constantly need to constantly stop and see if see if I am right about something, or do some research, or. or you know read 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 a review of of a, of a game or uh, look at look at wikipedia to see if a certain computer came out the year i think it came out and all this sort of thing and quite often i got i've got I find i got the timeline completely wrong by you know, half a decade or something like that so in in that sense it's it's quite difficult but i'm finding the writing is going okay and it it, it i think it's quite okay you know the whole thing so i'm just going to carry on now and finish it and I'm about halfway. I've got to the end of Broken Sword One. I reckon that's about half the book that I'm going to do. So I've got got the second half to do. Maybe I'll finish that in the next two three months. Then maybe I'll do a Kickstarter type thing, just as a publicity, you know, cover the printing costs, that kind of thing. But I want to do it really, really wow. good, like a hardback and really good. You know, loads of photos in it of stuff do it really really high quality, you know, not just some some rubbish Amazon kind of print it when you order it sort of thing, you know, and a crappy paperback comes through. I want to kind of do it really nice. So um, maybe I'll do a Kickstarter just to cover the printing costs. And that's a whole other world that I know nothing about at the moment. <laughs> and I've looked into it a little bit, and that's how I know I know nothing about it. Um, there's There's a lot of information out there, and none of it seems to quite add up so there's a lot a lot to learn once once the book's written that's just the start of it i think yeah i mean there's, from what i've seen of
0: kickstarters there's quite a bit of effort usually there's a video accompanying which isn't always easiest when it's something like a book because it's obviously not a lot of moving parts within a book so
1: yeah it's like, like you, could, you could show people reading it couldn't you <laughs>
0: Oh, yes, that sounds riveting. that'll sell it now, yeah
1: yeah uh, actually wanted to read about the video uh, I have got some ideas for that um like like one of the things we used to do uh, that I remembered as as a part of the process of this was before like, early nineties uh that we didn't have an office network, so we we but we all you know were still sort of, there was me and there was Dave, and there was other people and there's people drawing sprites and people drawing joey for steel sky and you know in the background steve vince on the backgrounds and me and dave on the code so files have been swapped all the time but it was all done on floppy disks and, and hard disks on local machines so if you want if i wanted to give or, or rather say say steve had drawn uh, an extra sprite for joey you know if he's going to give it to me then you know he literally he literally does give it to me on a on a floppy disk you know like like walks with it and, and gives it to me, and that and that was file swapping in those days, you know. Um, but but me and Dave, we used to do it so often that that, and we sat across from each other like I don't know six foot or something like that, maybe more, maybe less, depending where where we were. So we got really good at uh, three and a half inch discs. We used to throw them. So we'd get we'd get you held it by the corner and you go. And I don't know if I, have I told this story before? I, no, I hope, this is definitely, I hope not.
0: you're chucking floppy disks across the room, is definitely no.
1: Okay, so we used to get, you get it on the corner and you'd go, and it would through the air in like slow motion, you know. Then you had to, you had to catch it at the other end. And that was the dangerous bit, because if you remember a three and a half inch floppy, it had a, like a metal cover that slid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To protect the data. And if you actually got it wrong, sometimes you could cut yourself on the on the incoming disc because if you just caught it wrong that that little metal thing could actually cut your finger. So there's a little bit of danger involved as well as the, the mere thrill of of receiving a, a file that you were after. Um, you could actually end up bleeding on the on the desk. Um, so anyway, uh, the point of that was that that was quite an interesting thing to do. So I'm thinking for the for the Kickstarter video, we could we could try and recreate that and film it really well. So it's like a nin- it's like a ninja fight, you know. It could be like bullet time of the these discs going going and then slow motion and then like this. It could be really great, couldn't it? Oh gosh,
0: a bit of Neo Matrix. Though. Yeah, exactly. How many cameras did they use to take that shot?
1: <laughs> well, we don't need to do the we don't need to do the kind of going. <laughs> Yeah, you could we could throw it <laughs> and that stop in midair and go around it, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then carry on to the person catching it. Yeah, that, okay, yeah, that would be great. This sounds like a low-tech
0: approach. I like I mean, this. I mean,
1: yeah. well, no, you'd need you'd need all the cameras, wouldn't you? Because I mean, that's literally how they did it. I think they had like a whole circle of cameras, didn't they?
0: No, you ever a this too? You just need to catch the disc, and then I'll run around you.
1: Yeah, but if you want to do the disc in midair, how are you going to stop it?
0: Oh. Well, we'll just get uh, a bit of cotton, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I sure better half just to stand on a ladder, bit of string, floppy disk. I'll run around mm. like a complete Muppet. And I'm sure the final result will just look like it's come straight from the Matrix.
1: I think it might even be easier to get all the cameras in a circle, actually, than do that. But um, but anyway, I've got I've got a friend who, who uh, oddly enough, I used to live next to him in, in York. And uh, now he lives here in Hull. But he, he makes films for. Um, for for that's what he does. He makes makes little movies and stuff. So I might take him to the pub and, and see if he wants to be uh, director on this.
0: So yeah, do all your favours involve going to the pub first? Yeah. Okay, I'll make a note of that.
1: Pre- pretty much, <laughs> and that's that's probably your payment as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if Tony invites you to the pub, watch out. He's after after something. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I'll buy the beer, so that's you know, it's not it's not complete loss, you know. Um, anyway, I'll go talk to Ed and see if he's uh, interested in, in that one. Um, but it could be. I mean, yeah, if you are going to do a Kickstarter, you've got to do a great video. I mean, that was what we what, what we did with Broken Sword Five. You know, we we did do a decent video, and uh, that got us a quite a long way, I think. Yeah, better green screen with Charles and some broken sword backdrops going on. It was green screen, yeah. Ads. And we were remember it, we were all carrying stuff around, like um, props and stuff, and that was all, yeah, all yeah. against the green screen, yeah. Yeah. And that will be in the book, Sword Five.
0: Oh, wow. So where's where's the cutoff point for the book?
1: Uh, it will be, yeah, it will be after Brentswood Five, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's a lot of, no, probably sounds more condescending. That's a lot of years experience, let's put it that way, in the development world. So, i mean what's the chapter look like is it like this chapter's this game or is it not as straightforward as that
1: yeah well it's broadly it's broadly this game and that game and then this game starts and but i mean they all overlap a little bit and that's the other thing um that i talk about because because we we were only ever a one a one game company um despite attempts to to break out the problem is i mean if you might if you if you might the, big, the bigger the company got the worse the problem it became because um you imagine at the bro- the end of Broken Sword one the com- revolution was probably thirty odd people which is quite a lot. And if you work out what that costs a month um to run, it's quite a lot of money. And they're all you know, they're all working on Broken Sword. But but you know in those days you you finished a game and it went off to the duplicators. And once it had gone off to be duplicated, I mean that was it. You know, it wasn't like you put it out on Steam and you, then you wait for the problems the next day and you fix some bugs for two weeks and then you... then. You, or there's a day one patch. Yeah, yeah I mean, like Britain's Club 5 in a way, but, um, uh, it, 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 you know, and then there's a DLC and then there's a, an extra chapter comes and, you know, all that's and then there's the console versions and all that. And, and it never really ends, you know, but, I mean, something like... Beneath a still sky, it, it really ended on the day that the discs went off to to the duplicators, and I mean that's it. Then he finished. So the next, you know, that say 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 it's lucky, and that's a Friday. You know, uh, everyone goes home for the weekend, and then they all come back on on the next Monday, all of the staff, and it's like, what do they do? Um, you know, and in the case of Broken Sword One finishing, they all come in on the next the next Monday, and there's thirty odd people, and it's like, what do you give them to do? what you give them to do is the next game. But if they're going to be drawing things, like if they're an artist and they're going to be drawing a background or a sprite or something like that, then they've got to know what to do. So six months before something like Broken Sword One would finish, someone's got to say, what's the next game going to be? You have to you have to come up with a concept and, a, and, a, and a, an overview. You have to go to the publisher and try and sell them on that idea uh, before they'll sign off it not, not on it. Uh, and, you know, all this has got to be going on just as you're, you're at the worst possible point in, in terms of complexity and outstanding issues on the game that you're trying to finish. So, you know, it's really, really bad timing. Uh, and, that, and that was that's obviously something I, I talk about a little bit. I mean, the real way to do it is to have two games. And when when one is, one is like halfway through, then another one is beginning. And, and just as the first one finishes, I mean, ideally, Broken Sword 1 finishes, And the next day, 30-odd people switch into the production of the second game, which is just getting to the point where it needs 30-odd people, you know, having slowly, gently ramped up to that point, you know, and people move over. And that would be perfect to straddling each other. But we we never got to that.
0: Well, how did that work with Broken Sword? Because obviously when Broken Sword 2 became a thing... I'm guessing that was mostly based on the success of Broken Sword One. I don't know if there was the presumption that, oh yeah, we're going to do a sequel to this one. So that probably came after the game was released. You got the critique review, which sold well.
1: Well, no, I mean it, it had to come. We had to sell them. We had to go to Virgin Games and, and and say, what's the next game? Long, long, long before Broken Sword One was anything other than a, a really ropey kind of uh, alpha state, you know. Uh, And the thing about these adventure games was that they really were were ropey right until the end, you know, it was literally the last month that they came together, you know, when the voices and the audio went in, they would suddenly, especially the voices, they would just pop into life, you know, imagine watching TV with the sound off, you know, that's, that's what a game is until probably a month before because the, 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 the very last thing we ever did was finish the script. Uh, and we'd have what was called script lock and at that point it's safe to go off and record it you know and that can only come when all of the gameplay is completely finished i mean you can't you know you can't add another puzzle or change one of george's lines once it's been recorded down at the studio so that always came last so the thing was i mean there was all the normal bugs and graphic glitches and problems with puzzles and you know all of that stuff but it was all very flat as well until until the audio went in uh, and on all of that came last. So you know, at the point where you're down at Virgin saying, "What should we do next?" The game is not particularly impressive. Um, and and the thing the thing that we had with Virgin was it wasn't so so you know that that we weren't saying, "Oh, off the back of the huge success of Broken Sword One, let's do a sequel." It was more a case of uh, there was some new management in there, and they were like. You know why the hell have we spent all this money on an adventure game? Um, this is this, this is crazy, uh, and, and we had to we had to be told that we were wasting our time in this genre, and and the only way they were going to get their money back was to on the first one was to, and this was a this was a rather rogue meeting, you know, because the people there were higher people in the company who had backed to the idea of Broken Sword War being this fantastically expensive experiment to see if it was possible to break out of the normal um let's say sales space of adventure games um uh, but this guy was like um taking a different tack of his own and 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 having a bit of a go at us really so they said uh, he said right well let's do it let's do another one but it's going to be half the time and half the money which which is what you see when you look at broken sword 2 it's not it's not as big as broken sword 1 uh, it was it was heavily underinvested compared to Bronze One, but we had the machinery to to go to swing straight into you know the engine and the tools and all, all the rest of it, which didn't really change. So we we were quite lucky in that sense that we could just switch from one game to another. I mean, if it had been a completely different game, needed a new engine and new tools, then it, the the transition would have been more difficult. So in that sense, it worked out quite nicely.
0: The fundamentals are already there for you to take advantage of.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the Broken Sword 2 engine is, is, I mean, it's a bit nicer than the Broken Sword 1. We, we had like a month of, of playing about with it and simplifying bits that that were wrong and all the rest of it. So it, it is a nicer engine than the Broken Sword 1, but it's it's broadly the same, you know. Yeah, I remember some like, slight like graphical enhancements.
0: I can't remember what exactly, it was some extra filtering or something.
1: There was yeah there was like a quality switch wasn't there on on broken side too yeah yeah i remember that now yeah i forgot about that i'll put that in my book <laughs> thanks james
0: well there you go i was here to what else now. do you know
1: well <laughs> <laughs> we should
0: talk um this is what the podcast is for uh yeah, yeah. Th- then beneath- again if if
1: you or anybody listening would, was would like to know a particular thing about these games then uh then let me know because um uh, i'll, I'll I'll put it in if it if it seems like a good a good question. Well, here's my question.
0: Beneath a still sky, would that be the first or one of the first way that was like one of the first talky point and click adventures you did?
1: I think it was the first that anybody did. As far as I know. So So how
0: did you I mean, before that, point and click adventures would be literally usually text above the player's head. I mean I remember playing Sam the Sorcerer before i played the talkie version of that mm-hmm. it was the floppy disk version you didn't have the capacity for full speech throughout the entire game yeah yeah and it was then over several floppy disks yeah just for the backdrops and the animations and the module music etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah you, you need to see well, it was all subtitles over the head yeah and then the cd-rom came along with all this greater capacity hundreds of megabytes which was hundreds of floppy disks so Talking within games to have actually the character saying things to other characters and then respond rather than just reading the subtitles was felt like a big step up. Mm. But there must have been some technical challenges involved with that.
1: Uh uh, it's, it's, it's a good question. I mean, the way it worked for us was that I mean, believe still sky was a floppy game, and it was like fourteen of them on the Amiga, and uh, about six of them on the PC, I think. But there, there was no way you were going to get um, voices onto onto floppies, um, it, because the, you know, even then the, the compression wasn't as good as it is now. But but even if it was, it it wouldn't have ever fit onto onto floppy type type media. Um, but I think it was uh, – I think I think we were running out of money. Uh, so Virgin said, why don't we commission a, C- a Philips CD32? Was it CD32? CD32 was an Amiga thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they came along and said, oh, look, why don't we commission you to do that um, and pay you a load of money to do that, and then um, that will help the, the whole thing – Get to the finishing line, um, and, and, and f- from our side, we'll get we'll get a another version out of it, which we can use in the marketing and whatever advantages they they saw from that. So yeah, it was the C- it was the CD thirty two that that came along and just at the right time. So, I mean, I don't remember any particular problems. I mean, we there's quite a lot of lines in Steel Sky, but not obviously a fraction compared to um, Broken Sword, which really was problematically big. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got, as I know, we 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 organised a studio and, and actors and stuff, and um, we we just did it. It wasn't it wasn't particularly difficult, or, or rather, no, no, there are no standout problems. Um, but this was like nineteen ninety. Three. So, what's that? Uh, that's nearly a long time ago, isn't
0: it? <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah,
1: I don't remember any particular problems though. But yeah, I was looking. I was, I was, I was looking to buy. I thought, I thought I don't, I don't have one of these, and there was one on eBay, uh, and, it, and it was it's two hundred quid or something. Yeah.
0: Well, it was literally the CD32. That's why we have a talky version of beneath the Still yeah. Sky that eventually made its way to the PC. Wow!
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what. Well, that's what funded it, and that's why. That's why the idea was came up. But as as far as I know, I mean, th- there must be other games that had voices before. Before, as we, can, we can't be the first to do it at all. But um, I think, as, as far as the big game with lots of dialogue, we we probably were certainly one of the first if not if not the first someone told us we were the first to ever do that uh, i don't know if it's true or not okay
0: a good thing to mention in the book if that is indeed true
1: i will and in fact i have as far as i know
0: oh there we go then. see my memory's so about it well, the, I don't way, even the know... final version of the book
1: <laughs> my memory's so about it i don't even know what i've written like like oh dear <laughs> like three weeks ago so uh, you see the problem
0: well, it's kind it's chronological, so you can know, okay, I've written about Beneath Steel Sky, I can start Broken Sword. I know I've done it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. But you've been travelling, so you've got your new MacBook Pro. Yeah. 14-inch, beautiful display, super fast, and you got on a plane with it. Yep. How was the experience? Well, uh, I, I,
1: it's it's... I mean, it's nice to be able to to fly to other countries again, but um, uh, it's quite it's quite. I mean, it's it's a stressful experience anyway, isn't it? But but there's all this, uh, you know. Obviously, the, you have to be aware of what the COVID stuff is everywhere these days. So yeah, it's 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 even more more of a faff than it used to be, basically.
0: <laughs> and you and you no doubt found a nice place to sit and continue writing the book, so you can
1: officially say you spent. It wasn't all in Britain. You wrote the book. Yep, a week's worth of it was written in uh, in Le- a city called Lviv in in western Ukraine, which is a great, great place. Everyone should visit it. Uh, uh, a very nice place. But it's kind of like Ukrainian York, I suppose, or or, or more precisely Ukrainian um, uh, Krakow, somewhere like that. Big, big, big square, big Polish square type types of square, and um, great bars, great food, all the good things, but also COVID, That's COVID great. passports, which is interesting. So you don't get it; you oh. don't get in anywhere without waving your um, your your dual vaccinated proof piece of paper. Gosh. which is interesting because I don't think I mean they could never do that in the UK. I don't think they'd be they'd be writing and stuff, but uh, they've they've done it over there, and uh, I, mean, it's, it, I mean it works. People, people generally, people are checking, you know. Of course, we're 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 being British. We we hand our NHS COVID things to the people, and they are like, "What the hell are these? You know, what is this? Mm. What is the NHS? You know, what what is this?" And and then they look at us, and they look back, and they go, yeah, "Okay, looks okay." Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you survive the experience in one piece. You manage to go to Ukraine, and any kind of. Travel even now's tricky, so I'm glad.
1: Yeah, well, it's nice to travel, but but yeah, it is. If you're thinking of it, you, you need to be um, you need to be prepared. You know, for even more hassle than than there used to be.
0: So for your book, then have you got a target date of when you'd like to get the first run printed? I mean, it's still probably early days, but maybe you've got something in your mind. I don't a, know. Sure.
1: Preliminary. Uh, Let's say I finish it at the end of January, then I spend a month faffing around with uh, a thing called InDesign, um, laying out the pages and talking to a printer. So maybe it's going to be, maybe March I would be looking at Kickstarter.
0: That sounds good.
1: Something like that. Not
0: too long to wait. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if I keep going at the, the rate I have been, then that's when it should be finished. Yeah, and I guess I should get someone to proofread it and uh, this sort of thing. And
0: I think that's important.
1: <laughs> don't, yeah. People keep saying that, um, so it must be true. Maybe, maybe someone with a bit of experience to to do a little edit on it or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't want to see a doffy disk in there or anything like that. Oh, what? A doffy disk. What's that? Instead of a floppy disk. And oh, a I see. Power. I see a floppy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> we took Duffy disks across the Yeah.
1: Well, it should be quite good for, I mean, I'm quite a good proofreader myself in terms of um, spotting mistakes. I mean, I spot, I spot mistakes in books that have been out like donkey's years, but yeah, it's a little bit harder when it's your own, it's more the, it's more the sentences that are <laughs> than the, than the spelling mistakes that are the problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm professionally hired to prove, but when I've written something myself, I always still get somebody to check it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you have to.
0: Just for peace of mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, yeah.
0: So, I have been naughty again. So, Spending money. Could, uh, yeah, not very small amounts, thankfully, because of a good old place called Facebook Marketplace, and I treated myself to one of these. Ooh. Nice. And for those who listen to the audio version, I am showing a Nintendo DS Lite in black, which is currently running Super Mario. I never know if it's Brothers or Bros, <laughs> but it's it's that game anyway. And I don't know, there's something still very cute about it having a dual screen. And It was only 15 pounds. Really? Um, that's quite Bottom good. screen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I used to have one of these quite a few years ago in white and I loved it. And I sold it because so I thought, I'm not going to use this. And then lo and behold, I quite fancied having a little handheld system for them yeah. traveling and got like five minutes to myself. Yeah. Because when I saw my DS Lite, I thought mobile phone games is now the future of gaming. I've got my phone with me all the time. I'm going to play games on it. Mm. Wow, was I wrong. Mm. Free play is basically killed games on Android. That's true. Luckily, yeah, I mean, they've got the Google subscription for games, which is a bit like Apple's version of it, where it's not free to play stuff. It's... Proper paid for games, proper games. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a game. I'm not being blitzed with ads, or I have to wait before I can play again because I've got to wait for this countdown, or I can pay for the countdown to disappear, and then I can do etc. Yeah, yeah. etc. And I found that entirely frustrating.
1: Yeah. It's so just it's, evil, I got isn't this.
0: It? Yeah. And then I just started researching, and then my lovely wife got me an early Christmas present, very early, as soon as we're still in November. And then I've now got the Nintendo 3DS XL.
1: Uh That does look good, doesn't it? And I have
0: to say, yeah, and I have to say, I've got the Nintendo Switch, and the Nintendo Switch is a lovely console. It's a lovely handheld, but I have to say I am using this far more, Mm. and it's mainly because of the form factor. The Switch, as good as it is, it's more like a hybrid. It's kind of... You dock it with your TV, fine, and then you take it off its dock, you're holding it with the controllers on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. But it's quite clunky, unless you've got the handheld-only version. It's quite a clunky thing. Genius. I love how you can detach the controllers, and it's got a little yeah. <clears throat> breakable kickstand on the back if you've got one of the earlier versions like I me. I have, yeah. But it's clunky as a handheld. You can tell it's been compromised a bit to still have a more console-like functionality when you do dock it.
1: This is perfect. Yeah, it's just, it's just nice, perfection. isn't it? They And, yeah. and the, the thing is, not too powerful. So the games are gameplay-based, you know, rather than just here's a some graphical extravaganza, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I mean, it, it's a shame they can't go back to something like that. Maybe, maybe they can now, you know. Because no one, no one, does anyone care about graphics anymore. They care about gameplay, don't they? Now, so you know, there, there isn't the same tech, tech arms race going on as there used to be. So, you know, imagine what imagine what you could do now with that form factor, uh, and and just you know, a, a, a modern CPUs and GPUs. I mean, you could fit a lot into that, couldn't you? And it's. You're absolutely right. I think the emphasis
0: on it has to be this graphical AAA title to be able to sell. Those days are thankfully gone. Yeah, yeah. You've got far more diversity now. Yeah. And I mean, playing these old games on here, and they've got things like Virtual Console, so you can play like the older SNES stuff and Game Boy Advance. It's it's crazy. Mm. And I really love the two screens. I yeah. mean, to be fair, the bottom screen isn't utilised that much. But, you know, to have a map on screen all the time, it's really handy when you're playing something like Zelda and you're trying to find where you're going, etc., etc. But, yeah, totally in awe with it. Yeah, yeah. And the 3D, even. Now, 3D, when that be- was like a thing with, I guess, Avatar was the next, the movie that started 3D obsession again, and then thought, great now we need 3d tvs (laughs) which didn't really take off because you had to have the glasses and then there was different forms of 3d so you either had uh, the active ones where the frames on the glasses would switch left and right rapidly to give you the 3d effect which was the better approach and then there was the passive where the image was duller and nothing fancy in the glasses itself at all It was okay Mm. it was a nice novelty but it never caught on no particularly because no one wanted to wear the glasses no if you don't wear glasses you then have to wear glasses if you wear glasses then you need something more option you know more optimized for what their capability is
1: yeah i mean people will do it at the cinema i mean they it, still they still do it at the cinema a little bit don't they a little, a little tiny bit i mean you yeah, know you, you exactly. go to the cinema you're sitting in the dark so it's a kind of a bit of an event isn't it so you know it's it's not too it's not too much of a of a uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, inconvenience to, to wear these things but you, you're never going to do it at home are you
0: no i mean you go to the cinema for the spectacle <laughs> That wasn't even intentional. I only realized once I said it. But you really do go for that. You go for the sound, you go for the picture, and you go for that extra experience. 4D may be going too far with the blowing the wind in your face and all the rest of it, but still, you know, you go for that experience. But thankfully, with a 3DS, you don't have to bother with glasses. All the clever bit is on the screen because it knows it's only having to deal with one person that direct viewer, not three people watching the same screen. If my wife tries to watch it off axis to me playing a game just looks blurred because you've got those two images separated too much and it's not forming that cohesive 3d effect anymore. So you can switch the 3d off in it. So if if she wants to watch what I'm doing, she can, but the fact is, of course, you know, even technology within this generation progressed. So the original 3DS and 3DS XL didn't have the features this one has. So, one, it has a slightly faster processor, which means it's better for navigating menus and things. But I think the key thing is there's actually a front-facing camera, which was on all the 3DSs, I think. But on this one, they actually use it to track your movement. Oh, okay. So therefore, it can retarget the screen to give you a better 3D image.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's
0: only one, the 3DS and the 3DS XL, which is which is really poor naming, really. They've literally called it the new Nintendo 3DS XL. So, of course, I brought this second down. This is pre-loved, shall we say. But it's labelled the new Nintendo 3DS XL. But I would say, if you're on the hunt for one of these, look for the new one, which also gives you this weird little... It's like a second analog stick just here, but it's like a little nub. And if you remember, like I think it's very rare nowadays, but certainly back 10, 20 years ago, there used to be laptops, particularly the business ones, where instead of a touchpad, or maybe as well as a touchpad for those who hadn't moved on, you had this little nub. And that's how you move the cursor around the screen. And that's basically all that does. It's acts like a, a right analog stick. Right. But it's, if you want to ch- turn your camera in a 3D world like a, second analog stick would normally do then it's got the capability for the games that support it but certainly get the new one for the the front-facing camera watching your movie. so what does
1: what does uh one of those ones cost uh
0: this one pre-loved with i think it was nine games it's in excellent condition there's not there's the slightest slightest mark on the 3d screen and I can only notice it because I've spotted it once, and therefore I'll always spot it every time I use it. It's one of those. But it's so slight, but otherwise it's in perfect condition. And this was, I think it was 130
1: Yeah.
0: And the games are really cheap. Yeah. So if you're interested in a handheld, mm, Switch isn't quite rocking your boat because of it's clunky nature and you don't quite fancy the Switch Lite. This... With backwards compatibility natively to Nintendo DS games as well. Yeah. I,
1: I no, never, brilliant. in fact, I've never seen one of those. Um, I've never, never held one. I, I liked the DS though. I mean, we did Broken Sword on the DS, didn't we?
0: Yes. Yeah, it
1: was good. It was good fun. It, and you kind of, when we first saw them, we thought, "What on earth we're going to do with two screens?" But actually, it's not. It's not that difficult to think of what to do with them. You know, it, it kind of, it kind of makes sense when you when you making a game, you, you go oh, yeah, you can just all of the all of the UI stuff can just go up on the on the screen, you know, on the other screen. And it frees up. It frees up. I mean you can do a really great UI on one screen and then your your second your second or your first would depending on how you look at it. Um is just it's just game, you know. So it, it does work. It works pretty nice. I I, no, I it. love it. I've been
0: yeah. using it a lot and I'm sure it will continue to do so. And I went to London a week or so ago and we went on the train, which I haven't done in a long time. And it was mainly because now the the pandemic is becoming less of a thing. There's more people on the roads. There's more traffic in London. So I went to London months ago. I can't remember exactly when, but literally I could drive right into the centre of London. Mm -hmm. I have to pay the congestion charge stuff they've got there, obviously, but I could pull up, Right in the middle of London, park in a car park, job done. I won't dream of doing that now because it's insanely busy again. Yeah, it's like. So I took the train and this kept me entertained for a good couple of hours.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was the idea of it, wasn't it?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And like I say, I've got this, I'm sure it's a vastly more powerful phone at 3D games and whatnot, but nah. Not really. The game selection on the phone is just not the same as an actual game device. And I'm sure there are great games on mobile, but uh, free-to-play has rather,
1: unfortunately, dominated the market. Free-to-play, don't get me started. You'll spoil my whole whole week thinking about (laughs) free-to-play.
0: It's not one you have to talk about in your book, don't worry. You don't have to play Broken Sword free-to-play. You have to grind for... 10 hours and pay 50 pounds to get past the goat or anything like that. It's nothing as
1: complex. We'd have done quite well from that though, wouldn't we?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it because years you know, pre-internet, if you were stuck in a game, you know, what did you do? You either hoped beyond hope that a friend had the game, had the device you had and got past that point, or
1: you waited for a game magazine. Game magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or Or you could buy a guide. or or a guide and those Prima guides are quite nice actually aren't they? but they tended to be a long time after the actual game so um, uh, we did one for In Cold Blood actually it's a a really nice thing
0: I defy anyone who completed this world without a guide Mm. if you did that congratulations sir you're a better man or woman than the of us but that really was a cryptic point and click adventure as great as it is and I still love playing it
1: but I mean, th- it's a walk through a job, definitely most of the time. They they generally were harder in those days, weren't they? Oh yeah. I mean, Steel Sky was very difficult. You know, when we came back to it to do the to do the iPhone version in 2008 or something. I mean, a lot of time had passed since '93 or whatever it was, so um, we'd all forgotten how to play it and we were like hang on this is really hard you know <laughs> and where where are we going to find out how to play it you know <laughs> and, and, and thankfully there was a few walkthroughs on the internet and we found the best one and printed it out and re- relearned our own damn game because it was too difficult you know <laughs> 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 but yeah That's yeah they, they were they were hard but then but then you know you you there was less going on wasn't there in those days you'd buy your game and you'd go All right this is my entertainment for like a month and and that that was what you did you know you you played a game through from start to finish and you put all your concentration into that one game. You know you weren't flip, people weren't flipping around between, you know, Instagram and a thousand T V channels and and Facebook and and this, that and the other. You know, it was like I got my game on a cassette or whatever and I'm gonna that's my thing now, you know, until the next one.
0: Yeah. And you typically didn't have a lot of them. I think we actually are spoilt with choice. So the attention span is much shorter yeah i mean it's like this i've got a load of games for it so i keep swapping around and if i get stuck 20 years ago i'd have just kept battling on battling on turn my hair out until i finally got past that bit or figured it out now the tendency is change the game mm. that's why I, that's I, a little bit sad really
1: so i quite i quite like reading novels to be honest because it's it, it's it's almost unchanged the experience you know you you, and I buy them on. I've gone back to buying them on in paper form. And you know, you, you're away from any screens. You, it's just you and the book, and, and you can concentrate on it. You know, indeed.
0: Well, there we are. Gaming on mobile devices? No, thank you. Although, Brent and Sword Beneath a Still Sky kept to its roots. Nothing disastrous there, thankfully. Wasn't bad, was it? I don't <laughs> I'll have to play Boat and Sword on the DS again. I don't, it yeah. didn't have anything like talky was it? It was like subtitles, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember.
1: The, the DS was the director's cut, wasn't it? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the greatly misunderstood director's cut. Um, which The only thing
0: I really didn't like about the director's cut was actually the Nintendo Wii version. Right. Because there was one puzzle right near the start. Mm-hmm. And as good as that Wii controller was, it wasn't that accurate for very precise stuff. So they had the Motion Plus thing, the adapter that you could plug at the bottom of the controller yeah. for even more control. But this was before then. But there was one puzzle that Burton saw right at the start, and it was one of the new puzzles, and I was struggling so much to activate the right bit. That was the yeah, only yeah. bit It
1: yeah. was like... Mm. Yeah, and we didn't actually do those. We, we outsourced them to... a. Uh, um a developer in middlesbrough who did all those extra bits um but I, I probably did the majority of the, the the other ones the ds ones
0: so how how did you find working with the ds I mean what does that look like as a development environment compared to something else uh
1: a good question I don't remember any particular problems with it I and mean, it wasn't bad it, it it was quite quick to use because it was um you know it was a big blue box that that plugged into the pc and then off there off the side of the big blue box was a it was a it was a ds on a on a on a wire you know it was on a big thick wire and it was was quite awkward to move around because the wire was so thick but and it would it would pump the game down into the into the into the the device it was actually quite quick so in, in that sense it was it was quite nice i mean the speed of the speed of of iteration is is important to me. The Nintendo ones weren't bad, actually. So it wasn't. I mean, the 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 only problem we had with Nintendo was was um, documentation. Really, it it wasn't very good. Uh, you were kind of left your on devices, and there, were, there was a general feeling of we we have to let third parties work on these machines, but we don't like it. Uh, there, was, there was kind of an air of resentment with everything everything to do with Nintendo. Um, but it, it once if you didn't if you didn't have a technical problem at any given time, then it was it was okay to work on, yeah. I mean I certainly like the machines.
0: Yeah. And the DS Lite in particular. I mean there was the first DS which was quite a chunky thing. I don't think the screens were overly impressive. I don't I don't think the first ones were actually backlit either. Maybe that was a Game Boy Advance. This is where memory merge starts to happen.
1: It probably were. It is probably you're probably thinking G B A, yeah.
0: Yeah, probably I'm thinking GBA. Because we did that. But now. regardless, it was quite a chunkier thing in the first DS. It wasn't that nice to look at. But then the DS Lite came out. and Yeah. Yeah, that was the one. I don't have it. That was definitely the one. I've got know. a
1: GBA now, but I don't have a DS. Why don't I have a DS? What happened uh, to my DS? I don't know. It's I need to, to get. Yeah, I, I need to get one of these machines. and Because um, I've got the games, obviously, in boxes. Yeah, I, I, I might buy a DS. Good man. Mm. Well,
0: next time I see each other, well, that's it. Do you want a DS or do you want a three DS with, with the backwards compatibility?
1: Oh, it's backwards, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I'll have a look on eBay, and see what see what there is. But yeah, you Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that better? Oh yeah, but it's fa- the, but It's the- Facebook. Uh,
0: yeah, but it's
1: it's Facebook Marketplace.
0: You have to be careful. Is is not the same protection you get with eBay. I mean, it really is. It's like someone putting a flyer out and saying, "Hey, look, I've got this for sale." Great, I'll come and have a look. Okay, great. Here is the cash. Job done. Yeah, it's not terms and conditions. Stuff.
1: And Facebook have probably got some some cookie spyware thing going on, and they probably know what we're talking about even now. And, I, and when I'll, go, I'll walk over to my to my computer and and refresh Facebook and I'll see adverts for for Nintendo (laughs) DSs and they've been listening somehow
0: I'm sure Google search will recommend Beneath a Steel Sky as well so it's it's all good it's all good (laughs) the overlords know what we want to buy next
1: they do they know know what you're thinking they know what you're dreaming
0: Hmm. well let me know how you get on with your DS hunt in one of the next future podcasts whichever one you go
1: for I will do actually Yeah, it's it's a nice idea. Because I'm going to, Another thing for the book is I'm going to photograph all these things. So I need the machines.
0: Ah, well, worst case scenario, we've been saying we're going to meet each other. (laughs) Ironically, I've known Tony for years and we've not actually seen each other in person yet. Yeah. I feel, I feel that we should. Pandemic is probably not always the best time to do these first time things, but I'm sure fully tested and with your passport as well to prove your double COVID vaccination.
1: i just wave my passport.
0: Yeah, there you go. Problem solved. But again, one of the thing, last thing before we go, one of the things I also like about these is it's got like a wireless local multiplayer functionality and a lot of the games have that. Really? And, and what's also quite nice, a lot of the games, that's, I mean, how many times have we had this experience back in the day? You have a game, Your friend doesn't have that game. But if you and your friend had a DS or 3DS XL, you can literally transfer part of the game to that other person. So the multiplayer component can be transferred. It takes a little bit of time, depending on the size of the game. Mm. But there's a game me and my wife play a fair bit, and it's got like 52 mini games in it, and it's got bowling and all sorts. But for any have one copy of the game, it'll literally transfer the multiplayer component over to her DS and then we're both playing the same game together.
1: That's pretty good. Now, I think that's, that is wonderful consumer-friendly stuff. So the whole game, I mean, that... that, that, that Well, at least the, a
0: good portion of it, yeah. But
1: well, if it's the same game, that then pretty much all the game must go across. It, it must almost duplicate itself across if it's got all the graphics. I mean, she's playing the whole game, yeah, she's playing the same game as you.
0: Well, you're playing it together. So you've got that sort of network link. So it'd be like the two player. But she. I'm playing bowling against her and stuff like that. As soon as she turns that DS off, the game's wiped. There's no single player component. Mm. It's literally just to have that network connection to play together. But the fact it even does that, where a lot of the time, even now, you would need to get the same game again to do that. Yeah,
1: yeah. But she plays, I mean, she, she, she sits with her, 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 her Game Boy and, and, sees the game on the screen yeah
0: so um i'm thinking how i do this i start the game yeah i say i want to do a multiplayer and then i say okay i want to do a link but she doesn't have the game Yep. and then using her ds from the operating system she can search for a game Yep. find it there and then it'll say okay i don't have the game i need to download it
1: and then she plays it
0: on her- then she plays it in the same room as me as in the wireless room it creates yeah. So she can't disappear and then play it all by herself.
1: It needs yeah, yeah. to have us both but, doing. But she's it. but she's looking at her device to play the game. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it basically is sending the whole game across. It's like lending the whole game across to her to her thing. And then when it disconnects, it bleats it.
0: Yeah, I and mean, that's that's but really I can't good. Say I? for sure whether it is the whole game. It's probably, probably carefully it's like the core functionality cuz i probably doesn't need all the assets to do the multiplayer component for the game.
1: It, I mean it will need them if you see them.
0: Might well, takes longer to transfer i'm guessing they were efficient about it, but i don't know if that's the case.
1: I mean if there's Might a transfer a whole game if you can only transfer half of it and that gets you everything you need. Yeah, but then but then if there's half of it missing why is it on your device? what's different about the game you're playing to the game that she's...
0: Because maybe that's the single-player portion of it,
1: where it's only designed for one person to play. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, for example, I think on... um,
1: I'll bet you it's most of it. Mario
0: Brothers game, on single-player, you've got all the eight worlds. But I'm sure that's cut down for the multiplayer component where you're kind of racing each other on certain levels. So it wouldn't need to dump the whole game on that other DS. Well, it
1: might do it in stages, mightn't it? You might say, you know, you're, you're playing the first level, so we're going to give you the, the, we'll push the first level across, you know, the engine and the first level, and then if you keep playing on and you move on to the second level, then maybe it'll push the second level across to the second device. You, you know, it's
0: all in one go. I don't think it would work otherwise.
1: In which case, it'll be it'll be ninety nine percent of it. There you go. Well, I am
0: talking with a developer here, so I am not going to argue. <laughs> I mean, I might be wrong. <laughs> someone
1: will, someone will say, "What an idiot! It does not work like that at all." But I mean, if you are going to play it, if if it's all going to be there on the second device, then then it must it must be there, you know. It uh, it yeah. in, in order to see but for it from
0: a consumer point of view, it works. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and great. I mean it's a
1: very good idea, isn't it? I mean, you, you could do that on they could do that on phones really easily, but they presumably they choose not to. But it's like waiting for a cassette tape to load it will be yeah uh,
0: and you've got the the charming nintendo sounds of literally, 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 as it's happening well yeah. that's fine but after the first few minutes it's all oh, you get literally, literally, and you just turn the sound off lost its charm <laughs> it's a really
1: nice idea though, is isn't it get one time you see that when i
0: see it will be will be
1: multiplayer across across the uh, yeah um, across the table, across unfortunately it doesn't go any further. <laughs> yeah, 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 but that's really nice. See, that's 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 the beach in Nintendo, isn't it? I mean, they they would have those kind of quirky, weird ideas, and and that's that's what we like about them, really.
0: Yeah, sometimes it worked. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it didn't.
1: Yeah, sometimes it didn't work, but but more often than not, it did. I mean, people laughed at the weed, didn't they? And the Wii was a huge success, uh, and the, and we laughed at the dual screen because we couldn't understand it, but it was actually really great. Um, yeah. I mean, the Switch, as you say, it's a bit on the big side, but it's still quite nice, isn't it? And it's been a great success because, you, you know, you've got Sony and Microsoft and they're like, look at us, you know, we're, we, we rule the world of consoles. It's, you know, we are the kings and Nintendo are this little oddity on the sidelines. But then when you look at the sales of the devices, you know, Nintendo is often outselling both of them put together, isn't it? Which is really great yeah. for them, you know. Because they they kind of they the underdog. The way
0: they did it with the switch.
1: I mean, they don't have the, they don't have vast resources, and they don't they don't put the the, the mega new processors into these things, uh, oh, which gosh, no. which they then cannot manufacture enough of. Um, but but you know, Nintendo will use their brains and come up with something small and neat and and, and innovative and, and usually win.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. The Nintendo Wii is a slightly faster GameCube, essentially at its heart.
1: Yeah, oh, well, it would be, wouldn't it? But that's fine. You know, it, yeah. repackage, repurpose, add add a few, few cool ideas on the side and keep going. Because uh, as we said, it's not all about graphics, is it?
0: No. And there were rumours that, oh, yes, Nintendo are going to re- release a 4K-capable Nintendo Switch that when docked, you will get 4K, whether upscaled or whatever else. Nope. <laughs> I'd be surprised if they did that. It's not the- they don't. I mean, actually, the 3DS... Is probably one of the rare exceptions where they have put in a faster processor. They've added extra buttons and stuff to it, which is quite unusual for them. Um, but generally, they don't do that. That I've seen, mm. you may get a slightly better screen or a slightly better form factor, but as far <laughs> as increased power and features,
1: not really. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of consoles, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a year ago that these new microsoft and ps5 things came out and, and you yeah,
0: so xbox series s series x and ps5 are now just every year old
1: and, and you still can't buy them
0: well they're much they're still quite hard to buy yes because of the component shortage that we all seem to be suffering at the minute in it's, many electronic it's, worlds it's
1: madness i thought oh, i know I'll buy. It. I'll, you know that the initial problem the initial like you can't get them for christmas thing is, is long gone i'll just go and buy a ps5 because because, I, I, you know, I like to swap. I thought I used to go Android, as, as I said before. I used to go Android, iPhone, Android, iPhone. I don't do that anymore. But I, I'm prepared to go Xbox, PlayStation, Xbox, PlayStation. So logically, I would go PlayStation next. So I thought, you know, boot up Amazon and see how much they cost. And <laughs> you can't buy. We don't, we don't know when we'll have these for sale. And that was yeah. like summer, and it's still the same. I mean, well, it's crazy. Yeah,
0: it doesn't seem to be until maybe mid-next year where it may start to become of a sufficient supply to meet the demand. It's insane. Worst timing in the world, because when you think lots of people that have been stuck at home, having something like that in
1: their house would have been quite the boon. Mm. Well, maybe they all played Switch games instead.
0: Maybe they did. Maybe they did. But uh, yes, the tactic now is if you want one, you have to look on Twitter feeds and... All these other user groups and things to say, oh, we've suddenly got Digital Foundry is actually really good for this. There's uh, some in stock at Amazon UK or there's some in stock at Game. The most, a lot are quite crafty, though, at these retailers. Bundles. Not just the console. Oh yeah. Buy this with three games and an extra controller.
1: I, I bet, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I was lucky. I got mine at launch. I pre-ordered, and that was within a five-minute window of it going live. If I hadn't have done that, I doubt I would have bothered because I couldn't be doing with waiting for the next batch of stock to be available.
1: And that's the PlayStation?
0: No, Xbox Series X. Xbox. I am more of an Xbox person. I've had PlayStations. I've had the PS3. I've had the PS4. But generally, at launch, I'd get the Xbox, and then later on, maybe, I'd get the PlayStation. Mm. And the PS4 Pro I got hand. So that was just like an opportune moment. I thought it was a good deal, and I got it. Yeah, yeah. But generally Xbox, because I know the games tend to come with you as you move up the the progression.
1: Yeah, there was a PlayStation game that I wanted to play, and of course it was PlayStation only, and I can't remember what it was now. What was it called? I don't know. The girl was a girl going around. Horizon Zero Dawn. Was that it? I don't think so. It was... Uh, With electronic
0: uh, creatures in it? Robotic, I should say.
1: No, it was a girl. It was like, it, it have even been a zombie type thing. She's running around. She has to do things that, that are really difficult.
0: Oh, um, Last of Us. Yeah, that's probably yeah. Yeah. I
1: wanted to play that and um, no way could I because I didn't have a, even a PlayStation 4.
0: I have played that but I actually loved Horizon Zero Dawn. Right. It's like an open world set in the future. But it's like everyone's regressed back to an earlier state and that technology is not really used. And then they discover this underworld technology. It's brilliant. And there's a sequel coming out on PS5 and PS4, in fact, next right. year. Okay. And that's the, like, maybe that's when I bite the bullet and do get a PlayStation again for that game. Right. But it's irritating to have to buy a console for one game, but never mind. This is well, all polyphon. That's what happens, isn't it? I don't regret getting my Xbox, it's still great. And Forza Horizon 5, maybe I'll talk about that in the next
1: podcast, but uh, highly recommended. Forza. I, I, I can't play them, they're too hard.
0: <laughs> well, on that note... <laughs> thank Ridge you, Racer, Tony.
1: I'll talk about Ridge Racer, James.
0: Ridge Racer! Oh, that just makes me think of the PS3 conference.
1: Ridge Racer was so good
0: giant crab. Anyway, take care, everyone. We'll see you in the next game and gadget podcast.